Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact. Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents the Jim Ross Report. (laughs) With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself. Good old JR. Thank you very much and hello again, everybody. Glad that you're with us here on the Jim Ross Report from the mighty Westwood One. We got a lot of ground to cover here. We've covered a lot of ground, literally and figuratively, uh, since uh, last we spoke. Uh, we were talking to Josh Barnett, my broadcast partner and bodyguard, by the way, uh, on Access TV about the New Japan uh, event, the G1 a special in from uh, San Francisco, uh, and uh, Josh and I have not talked uh, about this event since we last saw each other on Saturday. Uh, so it's going to be a really inter- interesting to catch up, get his thoughts. There's no preconditioning. We didn't exchange ideas. You say this, I'll say that. That's not how we work. So uh, we'll talk to Josh about uh, that whole weekend and in. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a fun uh, conversation. At least that's my intention. Also, uh, I want to thank everybody for their get well wishes. I'm I'm kind of propped up here. Uh, I bruised uh, uh, my ribs on my uh, left side. I bruised my lung on my left side, and my sternum is all kind of out of whack. And they're worried about me catching pneumonia. Uh, because of the lung issues and the fluid and so forth. It's just amazing. You know, you think, uh, I don't, can't tell you how many times I've had my ribs busted up and, and playing high school football. Uh, not getting low enough, you know, my dad would say. You're, you're too damn high. You've got to, you're, you're standing up. you got to get in a football position, son. God damn it, you got to hit somebody. Blah, blah, blah. So uh, that was my dad's love. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't realize all the complications that could come from having a rib injury. And, and then when you deal with your lungs and then the fluid issue comes in, then it's, oh, you, you know, you want to get pneumonia, blah, blah, blah. So that's where I am. Uh, but I'm making it fine. Uh, i got good neighbors. Uh, and uh, my doctors are good and taking care of me. And uh, I, I really am reluctant that I missed uh, traveling to Asheville, North Carolina this week for Headlock on Hunger. Uh, you know, being the national spokesperson of that national chairman of that organization, I, I feel uh, very much ownership of it. They do great work. Bill Murdoch and Evelyn Charities, all the great people in Asheville, uh, Joe Brummett, the Arby's King, uh, our folks, our friends, uh, Tom Outlaw and all the other folks at uh, Ingalls Grocery. So I'll, I'm going to make it up. I'm not going to, I want to keep a commitment. I'm going to still going to Asheville at some point and uh, helping. The deal is this, the kids that aren't in school, school-aged children that aren't in school, uh, about 25% of them in America do not eat. It's embarrassing. It, it should open my eyes. I don't know if it does. It should. So uh, if you're interested in knowing more about Headlock on Humber, 
It's headlockonhunger.org uh, there in Asheville. And then I was going to go on Thursday and say a few good things, uh, which are easy to come up with for Glenn Jacobs in uh, Knoxville. He will be the next mayor of Knox County, and I will be making a trip to Knoxville before the general election. But uh, doctor said no, uh, no air travel this week, and from Norman to Knoxville was a little bit of a car trip. <laughs> so uh, even for on Mid South standards, it's a long car trip. So uh, it's been a kind of a hectic time. We have a fun on the show today. Glad you guys tuned in. And as you know, because I know you know that I know, you want to know what's on my mind. A lot of good things on my mind, including uh, congratulations to. Uh, uh, the Miz and Maurice, his bride. Boy, did he outkick his coverage, huh? Uh, Miz and the Misses will be debuting on the USA Network on Tuesday, July the 24th. Uh, and, of course, Miz is uh, all over the place, doing a lot of PR for WWE, and he's good at it. I know he's been playing on an MLB celebrity softball game. So uh, Miz is constantly reinventing himself. He does what I encourage other talents to do. I don't know, and I don't mean this in a negative way for, for Mike. I don't know that Mike is a great off-the-hook athlete in a natural sense, but I do believe he is a great marketer. I, agree, I believe he is a great entrepreneur. I believe he is an outstanding showman, and he's constantly reinventing himself, and he has the courage to do that. So uh, best of luck on the show and a uh, good couple. I think they live in Austin now. God, I could go to hell with you here, Norman. Uh, I got a text message on Wednesday morning at 3.48 from my longtime friend, Rick Flair. Uh, I had sent him a text of encouragement. and In fact, I wanted us to get together this fall, maybe bring him out to the to an OU game, a football game there at the stadium, and uh, enjoy the sweet life in our suite. Uh, but Rick's uh, recovering from a, a successful uh colonoscopy a bag reversal surgery uh he's doing well he was uh, in nice spirits when he sent me the text that at that t- that hour so i would guess that in atlanta that would be that would be uh you know f- after four in the morning obviously eastern time so uh best of best wishes to the nature he's going to be better and this is a big step for him so uh, let's keep rick in our in our thoughts and prayers for sure uh on Saturday, July 21st, kind of a fun event I'm, I'm going to be booked at. People were wondering if I was going to make my bookings. I, look, I'm not going to walk away from any bookings if I'm if I'm able to get there. Uh, and I just was not able to get to Asheville or Knoxville this week, well, which I feel very badly about. I like keeping my commitments. It's a good habit to get into. Because remember what Daddy said? Son, quitting's the easiest thing in the world to get good at. So I ain't going to get good at it. Uh, I'll be in Dallas at the South Pork Ranch. For a world-class revolution event fun fun theme uh how can you have uh going back to south fork without having uh charlene tilton also known as lucy ewing uh for the dallas tv show and a jr i will be playing the role of jr because i'm jr uh what that's worth uh tickets uh, available at uh worldclassprowrestling.com worldclassprowrestling.com it's saturday july 21 at the south fork ranch in the uh, metropolitan area of dallas and i'll have some books there some a uh, little bit of merchandise probably some uh, sauces and stuff so join us the von erics will be there angelina love uh 
really a cool card. Uh, MVP, Scott Steiner, Ed, uh, Chavo Guerrero. I almost said Eddie. Yeah, I think of Eddie a lot. And John Hennigan. So uh, promoter, uh, owner Jerry Bossix reached out. Got a lot of good talent. Should be a fun night. Hope you'll join us Saturday night, July 21st in uh, at the South Fork Ranch in Dallas. Interesting to see that MLW is announcing a War Games match. The concept for their Thursday, September the 6th in Fort Lauderdale, BN Sports TV taping at the War Memorial Auditorium. A lot of big things are going on in Court Bauer's company. He's uh, launching a, a unique product. Uh, I, I like the direction that they're heading in. I give them all the encouragement and support that I can. Uh, and if you want to support them, all you got to do is go to MLW.com or for ticket information, uh, event starting times, cards, all that good stuff. MLW.com. It's worth a stop off and uh, bookmark it for yourself. You'll uh, appreciate it later. My friends at ITV in the United Kingdom had just released a great trailer on their social media about uh, their upcoming reboot. Really uh, got great, become great friends to those fellas there at ITV. Uh, Tom and the Simons, I called them. It's almost like the Beatles. Uh, they, uh, their announced date is Saturday, July 28th. I'll actually be in the country on July 28th at the uh, London Film and Comic Con. That's the 27th, 27th 28th, 29th uh, there in London. So uh, catch up with me there if you can and, and check out the ITV uh, wrestling program that starts on that date, July 28th. Uh, did you get, uh, has anybody seen the advanced promotional information for the, the wrestling movie? It's coming out uh, Thursday, July the 12th, 350 days. It's, it's regarding the, the effect that lifestyles had on wrestlers' marriages, sometimes in plural, yes, that happened to me, families, physical and mental health. Uh, it's a really a, an amazing one-night event, which will feature a Q&A with J.J. Dillon. That will be great. So it's uh, stories, Greg Valentine, Tito Santana, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, and many more. For information, of which I encourage you to check out, go to fathomevents.com, F-A-T-H-O-M, events.com, and they'll check you out there, and uh, I'm anxious to see that. It sounds like a great story. And it's, if, if everybody's honest and they don't blame the business for all their, their woes, I'm down with that. If they're, if they're being honest and saying, hey, look, I got to look myself in the mirror. I could have done, I could have done a better job of being at home more or when I was home, being more productive, whatever. Then I'm interested. It's a great story, though, to talk about. Uh, another great story is Impact's having another anniversary on uh, the paper, pay-per-view event on the Fight app on Sunday, July the 22nd. So uh, congratulations on uh, another anniversary event for Impact. Uh, Don Callis, uh, Scott Damore, all those folks doing a good job there. Show's a lot better to watch than it was, and I, I wish them nothing but the best. It's another wrestling company comprised of wrestling people like us that we encourage uh, success. Why not? There's no reason that everybody's going to be battling each other. I ain't battling nobody. End of story. Case closed, Ernie Lad. Because I gotta fight a man and make love to a woman. Uh, we'll talk to Josh Barnett here in a few minutes about the uh, New Japan G1 special. Uh, and uh, it was, uh, like I said, an interesting weekend, to say the least. Uh, and we'll have a good conversation on that. Uh, the Rocks movie Skyscraper, I plan on seeing that this weekend. 
probably go alone. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I get to eat all the popcorn that way. Uh, but I'm going to go to the uh, see skyscraper this weekend, and maybe I can give you a uh, a report, a, a movie report uh, next week here on the show. But uh, Dwayne's doing a lot of publicity for that, and uh, I know it's going to do great. Boy, it's a it's a compelling com- compelling trailer. Whew. Uh, my main man Danny Hodge was uh, the was involved in a silver alert uh, uh, while I was uh, in San Francisco last weekend, and uh, he had driven his car uh, from Perry to Tulsa, about uh, a little under two hour drive. Danny should not be driving, as I'm sure he knows. Uh, but Danny's suffering from dementia, and uh, the greatest wrestler of all time uh, is, uh, you know, battling. And so keep Danny in your thoughts and prayers. He's safely back home. You know, I went on some of my first major trips, car trips. Uh, my, I, my, a lot of my wrestling education came at the hands of, uh, and the wisdom and the patience of the great Danny Hodge. Uh, speaking of greatness, there's no better super junior in the world than Hiromu Takahashi, and uh, he was uh, severely injured in, uh, at the Cow Palace event that we were broadcasting with Access TV on on Saturday, and uh, it, was a, it was a blot spot. It just went awry, human error. Uh, but, you know, it, just, it opens up so many questions about is the business too dangerous or some of these maneuvers be uh, eliminated. You know, there's a lot of ways to look at it. The bottom line is my, my concern is for the long-term health and safety of the athletes because in my roles and talent relation over the years, you get to know families, you get to know kids, you hire some of those kids, you get to know wives. And it's just, it's just so sad to see these guys who have a lot of them, only one major skill set, And a lot of them have not been very uh, proficient in saving their money. And so when you get to see guys get hurt, and they're, they're debilitated. They can't get back in the ring. Boy, so many lives are so negatively affected. That's what concerns me. But uh, we heard that as we record this that uh, Hiromu is still in the hospital. He can see setting up. He's talking. Uh, they think that he will not need surgery, which is great news. And that was information that came from uh, the New Japan folks, who I have been in touch with several times in the last uh, few days, believe it or not. Uh so get well, Hiromu. We want to see you back in the ring and just maybe slow down a half a gear. He's really, really good, folks. That match with, with, uh, that he had on at uh, the G1 San Francisco Special uh, was just absolutely amazing. Just really, you know, strong. Just really strong. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is looking for a strong outing uh, on uh, the Fight app on July 25th. He'll be doing his one-man show in the U.K. I think it's uh, – 8.15, uh, I saw UK time, uh, 3.15 Eastern time here in the States for Jeff Jarrett's one-man show on the Fight app. If you don't have the Fight app, I don't understand why, uh, other, unless you're just you know deranged or that much of a uh, defiant person. It's free, so you don't pay anything for it. It accesses you to, if you got your Wi-Fi, a smart device and Wi-Fi, you can watch a lot of stuff, man. Pro wrestling, MMA. All kinds of different combat sports. It's good stuff. And they're going to carry Jeff's uh, one-man show that I wish him nothing but the best on. Uh, and that'll be a fun week. Good storyteller. He, he should be really good. And finally, uh, you know, J.R. and the King shows are coming up live on stage shows. Uh, exclusive Q&As, uh, dual meet and greets, photo ops with the voices of the Attitude Era. And uh, King and I have been talking about doing this for a long time. 
it's a unique opportunity to, for us to gather together and uh, and and have some fun on these Q and A's and and the stuff we're talking about specifically in the Attitude Era. So on Thursday, August sixteenth, we'll be at Zany's in Nashville. Uh, tickets are still available, VIP and GA, and they're affordable. And then on Thursday, a week later, Thursday, August twenty third, I'll be at Zany's in uh, Rosemont and Chicago Land, of course. Uh, and that all the tickets to the, those shows are available at zanies.com. So August 16, Zanies Nashville. August 23rd, Zanies in Rosemont. Uh, tickets are still available. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity, as far as I'm concerned, because you know how many how many more times logically will Jerry and I work together, and the opportunities that will come along to do things like this. It's just really special to me, and hope you'll join us as well. Zanies.com. And uh, as I mentioned, that I'll be back in England. Uh, on uh, Friday the 27th uh, to Sunday the 29th of July at the Olympia Exhibition Center in London for the uh, London Film and Comic Con. Huge event, a lot of great wrestling talent there. My favorite female wrestler, Gail Kim, uh, will be there. And I guess I should say Gail Kim Irvine. Uh, she's married, damn it. And finally, before we get out of here with what's on my mind, uh, a couple of thoughts on Raw Monday night. Uh, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre was a ball buster. Outstanding. Outstanding wrestling match. Proud of both men. McIntyre, I said it right here when he was a guest on our show, uh, he is going to be a future WWE or Universal Champion. Bottom line, it's going to happen. Uh, it makes too much common sense for it not to. Uh, he's the kind of guy that you build. You can build a brand around. Uh, and I, I like his work ethic and his uh, leadership abilities. So Rollins and McIntyre were cooking on Monday night. Congratulations, fellas. Uh, Mojo Raleigh is coming along, man. Now, don't, don't, I said this before, and I think a lot of people made fun of me because uh, I'm easy to make fun of, and you're not standing in front of me. Uh, but Mojo, is a, he's a talented bastard now. Big, athletic, rugged, smart. He's educated. He's got a great athletic background, the NFL and so forth. Uh, Maryland, D1, he's a Terp or Terrapin. That'd be a Terrapin. Will it be a Terrapin or it'd be a Terp? I don't know what it would be. Those big turtles. Uh, Mojo's a player, and uh, keep your eye on him. He's not someone to sleep on. Uh, and his ambassador, No Way Jose, I said before, No Way Jose has got to be known for more than his, uh, his conga line and being a nice dancer. Uh you know, can't, what's that song, A Tiny Dancer? What do I think of that? God, I am on these medications, you know, so everything I say in the show is not my fault. I can't take any personal responsibility for my actions. Why should I? Most people don't. Uh, and I like the Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley pull apart. Uh, that was done very well. Uh, fiscal matchup. I'm still concerned and curious as to how their styles will mesh. Sunday night uh, at uh, in Pittsburgh on pay-per-view at Extreme Rules. So uh, some of my highlights that I, I, I can remember off the top of my head on Raw. SmackDown Live, uh, I, I like the uh, AJ Styles-Shinsuke Nakamura match, but I, I do believe that for some reason it seemed like there was too many interruptions. And maybe at the wrong time, I'm not, I need to go back and watch it again, but maybe I think the match was affected a little bit by multiple uh, commercial breaks. That's one of the great things about our show on uh, on, on Saturday night on, on Access TV. We didn't interrupt any of the matches 
for a commercial break. But some of these genius fans that want to critique everything, including when you exhale and when you inhale, et cetera, et cetera, I say facetiously, uh, don't even comment about something that's significant to the presentation. The matches are not interrupted due to going to a commercial break. And especially when you got uh, a match, when you go to commercial break and it's a pay-per-view commercial break, yeah, it's just a little overkill, maybe. Just, but that's my take on it. And I don't have the, the greatest patience in the world. So I need to, you know, I'd like to tell you, like Ben used to tell me, he said, God damn it, JR. Tell me what time it is, not how to make the goddamn watch. <laughs> I love those days. But he was right. What's on your mind? Bottom line is, boom. Uh, great opportunity this Sunday for Rusev. I'm not sure why he's a fan favorite other than he's very likable. Heels that make me laugh are not villains. Just for the record, he makes me laugh. Therefore, by de- definition, he is not a villain. What is he? He, meaning Rusev. Well, he's a very talented big guy. Uh, but, you know, he could very easily be that villain that, we, that they need, the business needs. It's very challenging to be a villain these days in pro wrestling. It really is. But he's got a chance at, at Extreme Rules, does uh, Rusev, uh, to take himself up another level. Win, lose, or draw. And if you say, well, if he didn't go over, then he can't help himself. Then, that, then you know very little, my friend, about the wrestling business. If you believe that you have to win a wrestling match to, quote, unquote, get over, and that's the only way it can be accomplished, then I am sorry to tell you, you are very, very misinformed. And I do like the role. I said this before again, and I, I think I'm so glad that she's seemingly happy and healthy. Uh, is Paige in this GM role fits her perfectly. Fits her perfectly. And she's a big addition to this to SmackDown, which, quite frankly, and maybe because they have one less hour to deal with, uh, I think SmackDown consistently has been the better of the two shows the last several weeks. And I'm a Raw guy. Hey, I that's where I, I sat in that chair at ringside for many, many years, and I'm very proud of that 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 fact. And I'm and I'm proud that Michael Cole is doing such a tremendous job in that same role. He uh, he he does a lot of things a lot better than I did. And so I'm very uh, happy with uh, what, what he's done with that role. And, and I hope that the other announcers take their job as seriously as Michael Cole and I have over the years. And sometimes, admittedly, too seriously. So that, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, is what's on my mind. Before we get to the slobber knocker of the week, and by golly, there are a lot of candidates, uh, good ones. I want to remind you, if you're a uh, partake in Amazon Alexa... All you got to do is say, Alexa, enable the Jim Ross report skill, and it takes care of you from there. And then if you, by the way, while we're talking about this, if you're a Google Home user, uh, just say, talk to Jim Ross report, and that'll get you where you want to go a little faster. And uh, we appreciate you uh, checking that out and helping our cause there a little bit. Uh, Slaver Knocker of the Week, a lot of good ones. I mentioned Drew McIntyre. He had a great outing on Raw. He had a tremendous match with Seth Rollins. They had what uh, should be a rule of thumb on on checking the boxes for a, a good pro wrestling match on television. Both guys did real good. But McIntyre getting the win, I thought, was very smart and strategic by WWE. Uh, I like to mention the, the Slav Rock of the Week a moment was the big pull apart on Raw Monday night. It's, it got the show started very aggressively. The crowd seemed to really uh, enjoy it, embrace it. 
Uh, so Lashley and Reigns and a cast of thousands did a nice job. Uh, Saturday night as well, while I was in the Cow Palace, uh, getting ran over, uh, the Madison Square Garden was uh, rocking. The Undertaker and Ronda Rousey uh, made the Madison Square Garden appearances. The Taker had not been there in a long time. Uh, eight years, by the way. Eight years. Can you imagine that? I, I saw I read that. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. But I know it was right because our, our uh, ace, Rafael Morphy, did the research. And he used to promote the garden for WWE for years and years, market rep. Uh, but they, they've made great comments about their experiences. Uh, eight years for Taker. They had the outside of the garden lit up in purple. It's really cool. Uh, Rhonda uh, said she was admitted on social media. She was very emotional. She even cried when the event was over. It meant that much to her. And that's what when people used to say, well, Rousey's getting this too soon, getting that. And they, I just get so pissed at some fans for knee, for knocking themselves out, jerk, knee jerking. God almighty, folks. I mean, she's a she's an amazing world-class athlete who's been a bigger wrestling fan than some of the people that are, have been drawing a paycheck from WWE uh, for a longer period of time, by far. Trust me on that one. So uh, big news out of the garden, and I'm glad that it was such a positive experience for great to see Taker back, and and uh, and you never know with him. Well, that is last one. Hell, who knows? It's just last one. He says it's his last one. And it doesn't look like that's anytime soon. I think his, I think he's got the fountain of youth with a very athletic uh, young uh, life partner in Michelle McCool, the mother of their children. You know, it's a great environment for Taker to stay healthy and be healthy. So uh, I'm, I'm really happy to see him doing what he can to continue to stay as physically involved as possible. Uh, the guys that put on the World Cup, uh, one of my friends at Fox, headed over there now, going to go to the World Cup final. And uh, he's a, one of the guys that was most instrumental in getting the uh, Fox and the WWE deal together. Someday we'll talk about that when the time is right. I've heard some take credit for uh, putting the deal together, which I found to be somewhat laughable. But be that as it may, uh, I, I, am, uh, I really want to take my hat off to Fox Sports for their coverage, despite the USA not being in the tournament. Our damn team didn't make the cut. Fix it. Uh, so in any event, the, uh, I've been a, become a soccer fan and I will be watching the final, no doubt about that this weekend. I don't know the nuance of the game, but I like the athleticism and I like the passion and how can you not tune in, uh, and attach to that enthusiasm of the crowds? It's amazing. Uh, we'll talk to Josh Barnett. He's got to be on my Slobber of the Week list for coming to my aid, uh, on, on Saturday night. God, what a wild scene. The Wild West, folks. The Wild West. Uh, Brock Lesnar made an impact. He, he's a Slobbernarker of the Week guy. The, the, the plan, the marketing plan for Lesnar was what I'm basically tipping my hat for. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a well-told been a well uh, told secret, if that makes sense, that Lesnar was going back to USC for paydays. He can get at least two paydays out of if he has two losses. MMA fans will pay big money to see Lesnar get his pro wrestling ass whipped. And that's what they're going to have the opportunity to do come January when he fights Daniel Cromier. And if you hear rhetoric, well, they may fight, they may not. we got to get the deal done. And he's, look, stop. Stop it. Print the posters now. It's going to happen. And, uh, and I think Lesnar will probably stay affiliated with WWE in some way. But I don't, that doesn't answer the question, what, what are they going to do with the universal title? I don't know. 
I don't know. It's a head scratcher for me, cause, but I'm not. I, that's not my hill to die on, and it's you know I just don't have a dog in the hunt. And we'll find out. You know I don't know when Lesnar's next WWE match is going to be. So how in the hell do you prophesize when he's dropping the title if we don't know when he's next wrestling? We can't. But the Slavonark of the week, the great team of rescuers that uh, rescued these uh, this Taiwanese uh, soccer team, teenage boys, twelve of them. We're stuck in a you know, the flooded cave. You've seen all kinds of footage on it. Three weeks. God. Uh, all the boys and their coach were saved after what was first deemed as a doomed uh, circumstance. No way could come out of it with the lives saved. And they did. Uh, unfortunately, one rescue worker died after uh, transporting oxygen to the trapped kids when he ironically and sadly ran out of oxygen himself. Can't say enough about the organization, the courage uh, of the rescuers who saved this entire uh, youth soccer team and what will be stories that will be told for years to come. So the winner of the Slavon Rock of the Week Award, very deservingly so, for their bravery, the amazing courage, the rescuers of the Thai soccer team, these teenage kids, their lives are saved by some damn brave men and women. Well, it's Pet Coon Goofy Award time, kids. And uh, there's an abundance of candidates, let me tell you. I eliminate all the candidates who are allegedly beating up their women. Didn't want to talk about it. Doesn't deserve to be underscored. It's wrong. Can't justify it. So, uh, a lot of candidates. Before we get there, I want to remind you that our book, Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling, is still selling out crazy. Thank you for that. Uh, Amazon.com is probably your best route. No matter any Amazon, UK, Australia, Canada, uh, it's all there. Amazon.com for Slobberknocker. They'll have it to you in a day or two. And uh, you get the the audio book there, which is really good, uh, uh, I'm told. I haven't had enough courage to listen to it. I listen to some of it. I, have to, I will admit that. I'm my worst, own worst critic. So check out Amazon.com for Slobberknocker, and uh, I, I thank you very much, and I will dance at your next wedding. Uh, Pet Coon Goofy. This is going to be an interesting one here. Uh, I was told that uh, Jonathan Coachman made a uh, somewhat sarcastic remark uh, in my re- referencing me when someone said he may have broken a rib Seems like that's going around lately. Uh, didn't know, was that supposed to be cute? Did I miss something? Was it clever and I just didn't get it? Am I just too old? It's all passed me by. I don't know. I can't imagine why a coach would say anything to uh, besmirch me, especially when I'm kind of banged up, because I've never been anything but supportive of him. Uh, so whatever, uh, I'm, hopefully it was just a – it was a remark that was taken wrong. Again, I didn't hear it, but I got enough people sent it to me that want to stir the shit. I get that, too. I'm not doing that, but uh, if Coach said it on purpose and he thought it was going to be funny, it wasn't funny. It was Pet Coon Goofy. Uh, another Pet Coon Goofy tweet, uh, this one from actor, podcaster, and author Michael Rappaport, uh, trying to make a joke about these kids that were stuck in the cave, these, this Thai soccer team. And to tie them in with disgraced actor Kevin Spacey. You remember the sexual harassment allegations? Uh, I haven't seen someone try to, this is a quote from Michael Rappaport, 
I haven't seen someone try to get a tie boy out of a hole this frantically since I walked in on Kevin Spacey in the men's room at Chuck E. Cheese. There's a lot of losses there. And, and Rappaport is a talented dude. I think sometimes they it's almost like some of the wrestlers. They're, they do too much. They think they have to do too much to, quote, unquote, get over. And uh, I think uh, the, mixing the sexual misconduct allegations against Facey and these kids that were battling for their lives just seem to be ill-timed. That's all. Uh, the NFL's Arizona Cardinals tone-deaf tweeting from the official team account, team president Michael Bidwell, endorsement of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. As it were, Kavanaugh and Bidwell were high school classmates. But I thought it might have been a little, t- little bit tacky involving politics on a team's Twitter timeline, especially during this owner-player unrest with the national anthem controversy, which still is a giant pain in the ass. I understand why the players are doing it. I just believe it may be the wrong uh, arena, no pun intended. And Mr. Bidwell might want to reconsider being political on, on his uh, on the Twitter. Maybe everybody in Arizona doesn't care about what who Trump uh, nominates. Uh, here's another one that's a dandy. God almighty. This would piss me off big time. TSA earned snafu involving a New York Giants player's deceased mother's remains. New York Giants defensive tackle A.J. Francis uh, fired off some, uh, some very furious tweets at TSA. Oh, join the crowd. Uh, Francis was flying from L.A. to Orlando with his mother, Carrie. She's 46 years old. Her ashes. When he went to collect his uh, bag, he found the ashes had been disturbed, to say the least, and that his mom's remains were all over his clothes, and he tweeted a photo, which was disturbing. Sad, man. That would piss me off so badly. And then finally, the Pet Coon Goofy Award, ladies and gentlemen, goes to the ring crew at the New Japan Pro Wrestling event on Saturday night for not interlocking the security uh, uh, rails around the ring. They were just freestanding. You saw railings going everywhere. You'd think that somebody would have noticed, other than Josh Barnett and me, that this is going to end, not end well. This was discussed on Friday, the day before, to deaf ears, because why would we know anything about it? Why would, really? Old guys, whatever. So uh, the ring crew may have dodged major bullets if others did not get hurt because there were plenty of opportunities there. So the Pet Coon Goofy Award goes to the ring crew on Saturday night in San Francisco. And it might have been a union crew. Hell, I don't know. All I know is that the, the situation uh, was inept. It was dangerous. It was unnecessary. So, gents, you folk are the Pet Coon Goofy Award winners of the week on the Jim Ross Report. Well, as we move on here uh, on the program, and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for subscribing to Apple Podcasts. Uh, It is essential, important that you leave us a five-star review uh, when you check in. That doesn't cost you any money. It takes you about a minute or two of your time. That's about it. So uh, uh, we appreciate that. So subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts. The new show drops every Wednesday, as you guys know. 
And right now, it is time for This Week in Wrestling. Well, 38 years ago, in the AWA, home of the Chicago Cubs, Kaminsky Park uh, in Chicago, it was Vern Gagne defeating Nick Bockwinkel to capture the AWA World Heavyweight title. And uh, smart booking. Burns the owner. Burns the booker. Burns the top baby face. Nick Bockwinkel was the was an amazingly gifted heel. Overall talent, but a great heel. Uh, and uh, Vern put himself in that great position to take the title from uh, the champion, who was very well respected. It was good booking in a major market in Chicago, outdoors at the baseball stadium. Some, a lot of wins there. There's a lot to be said about that outcome, that booking in that city and that stadium for positioning. It makes a lot of sense if you stop to think about it that way. 32 years ago, this is hard to believe. It should have been on April Fool's Day, right? Jimmy, the mouth of the South Heart, WWE Hall of Famer, who's probably called people baby more than anybody alive in the whole world, surprisingly won a 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal at a Madison Square Garden event for WWE. 32 years ago, Jimmy Hart strolls into the garden and wins a battle royal. As Monsoon would say, will you stop? 32 years ago, uh, Harley Race became the 1986 King of the Ring, defeating uh, George the Animal Steel, Billy Jack Haynes, among others, Pedro Morales, at Sullivan Stadium, which, kids, if you're scratching your head, it's the old Foxborough Stadium in Foxborough, Mass., home of the Pats. Uh, 30 years ago, uh, this is sad, man. This pisses me off every time I read it, but I'm not going to let it die. Nobody should. Forty. This is amazing. 30 years ago, 42-year-old Bruiser Brody, Frank Goodish, is murdered in the locker room before a, a, a live event in Puerto Rico, just right outside of San Juan. He dies hours later. No justice for Frank. The dude got the invader, whoever it was, got away with murder. It's plain and simple. The the uh, underhanded, unscrupulous, unprofessional. Uh, it's an embarrassment, and and I don't understand how it could happen. How it could just got away with everything? I don't get it. I mean, they're part of our country. Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens. Don't get it. And it still pisses me off. What a magnificent talent. A great friend, Bruce Brody. No rest, no justice. 26 years ago, uh, one of my favorite of Great American Bashes, the late Leon White, Big Van Vader, defeated uh, Sting to retain the WCW heavyweight title. And uh, this is one of the reasons I really like that, because the team of Terry Gordy and Steve Dr. Death Williams defeated Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes uh, in the finals of the WCW Tag Team Title Tournament that was down in Albany, New, uh, Albany uh, Georgia. Albany, Georgia. Fun event. Great talents. Man, that uh, Gordy and Dr. Death Tag Team combination was just, by God, about as good as it gets. It really, really were. They could wrestle you, brawl with you. You want to go an hour, they go an hour. It's just, uh, they were just really, really fen- phenomenal. Uh, and I love both those guys. Uh, and uh, say, oh, I remember this. 21 years ago, July 14th, 1997, Freeman Coliseum. Uh, I dare you to find some air conditioning. San Antonio, God dang, it was hot. 
it was hot, hot, hot. And I know I did an interview with Austin out on the out on the parking lot area, and we had to do it two or three times to get where he liked it. And God Almighty, it was so hot on that on that pavement. Uh, but that was a night that uh, uh, Dude Love, Stone Cold, together. And tag team action defeated Owen Hart and the British Bulldog to capture the WWF tag team titles on that date. Two good dudes. All those guys were good hands. I remember that being a good tag match. Uh, 20 years ago, the tag team of Kane and Mankind defeated the uh, New Age Outlaws to capture the WWF tag titles at the sold-out Meadowlands Arena. 20 years ago. Sold that place out. Uh, Rafael put that in because he was a promoter. Don't blame him. 19 years ago, this is big, uh, on Monday Nitro, Hulk Hogan defeated longtime arch nemesis Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, yeah. To de- capture the WCW heavyweight title. And, uh, you know, people wonder how could they be so successful in that 83 weeks of kicking our ass? They had like, great stars, like, great attractions. And then 14 years ago, two young bucks, not uh, the Jacksons, not the young bucks, or the bucks of youth. I'm referring to Edge defeating Randy Orton uh, to capture the Intercontinental title at the Vengeance pay-per-view held in Hartford, Connecticut, 14 years ago. And boy, those two guys have done great things. You know, Randy's a Hall of Famer. That's a lock. Edge is in the Hall of Fame, and uh, he's got a Hall of Fame wife. That's Edge. So uh, that was a, a really a, a remarkable match. And for, my, for our talent relations team, two of the guys that we signed in that process, early in that process, uh, you know, to see them advance up, to gain some financial independence, to become major contributors to the company, uh, it's hard to beat. I just uh, I, I love seeing those, those success stories. So uh, now moving on to the birthdays. Yes, we have birthdays this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's, uh, Brock Lesnar's birthday this week. How about that? 41 years old. You're getting richer by the minute. He's in it for the money in the story. There is no other story. The story ain't about glory. The story's about the green. And, uh, so he'll be getting plenty of USC green. Uh, and then I'm sure he'll come back and uh, make another, hit the drive through again on WWE. Uh, he's still an attraction. He still draws attention. He's still that, uh, that there's no bigger attraction arguably in the whole business than Brock Lesnar. So why would you want to keep your, uh, some sort of business relationship with, uh, this big attraction? You would, uh, and look, I, I think I don't, I don't, I don't understand the direction of the universal title and the positioning and the booking and all that. I don't understand where it's going. I don't need to understand. I'm a fan, so I watch it on TV, and they'll keep me informed. But I, I do think that somewhere along the way, uh, somebody's got a fish or cut bait with that universal title. And how that's dealt with is uh, you know, a lot easier to proclaim uh, than it is to put into action. There's got to be a plan. I'm sure there is a plan. But when we don't know or it's not obvious, then it's, a, oh, something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong because you don't know, and I don't know. So happy birthday, Brock. Uh, he's going to have a hell of a year. He's had a hell of a year this year. And can you imagine the money he's going to make in 2019? Because win, lose, or draw against uh, D.C. in January, there's another big fight on the horizon. Maybe two. 
the world wants to see him uh, fight D.C., uh, and I know that the match that Lesnar wanted originally was John Jones because it was perceived that the John Jones fight would be uh, the biggest moneymaker. And now that D.C. is the champion and Lesnar's got a chance to come in and upset the champion and walk off the, uh, the WWE plane, so to speak, into the UFC octagon and become the man is something many, many MMA fans can't stand to think about. So in other words, uh, happy birthday, Brock, you rich bastard. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Uh, another Canadian, uh, Sammy Zane's birthday, he's 34. Tyson Kidd, 38. That's Natty's better half or other half. She's the better half. He would agree. Uh, the natural Butch Reed, 64 years old. Great, great athlete. Really did a wonderful job in Mid-South. Uh, he was a nemesis of the junkyard dog, and he was the guy that we that I and others recommended to Cowboy at the very beginning when Dog left to go to WWE. Let's move Butch Reed right into that spot, and, you, and you're you're seamless, and here off we go. Instead, we tried to rebook uh, JYD in the form of uh, a lot of different people: Brickhouse Brown, George Wells, Snowman, and the list goes on and on. So uh, it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't work. But Butch Reed would have worked, and he did work toward the end. Uh, the Crusher would have been 92 this week. 92. Probably drank a beer in heaven. Have a cold one on me. Uh, Thursday, uh, the on the 12th of July, Hurricane Helms is 44, still out there doing his thing. One of the smartest guys in the room was old Gregory. Very loyal, very dependable, and very bright. So he's a addition to he's a positive addition to anybody's team. One of my favorite guys, Rene Goulet. Remember Rene Goulet? You saw him with all these pull aparts and these things for WWE back in the day, and he he wrestled. Uh, he he was he is eighty six years old this week. Eighty six. Wow. Uh, Impact Wrestling's uh, Jake Crist is thirty four. Uh, Westwood One's own Sean Waltman, my buddy Sean Waltman, one two three kid. Has a great podcast on the Westwood One, uh, 12360. He's 46, still wrestling, still very good at it, and very smart. He's another guy that's uh, very, very bright. You can learn a lot from him if you're a young wrestler, no doubt. And I have a lot of respect for Sean. He's gone through a lot of hell, man, since he was a kid, and he's standing tall. And I love him, and he's a, he's a, good, he's a good kid, good boy. I don't get emotional here, but he's a good boy. Uh I go from feast to famine here, talking about good boys. Uh, Bubba Dudley's 47 years old this week. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'll be a guest on Busted Open this week, I think on Thursday, uh, Thursday morning. And uh, uh, Bubba will be on the show, and I'll have to wish him happy birthday in person. Uh, but I thought this driving up here today, that Bubba would be a great TV judge, like Judge Wapner back in the day, Judge Judy. Can you imagine Bubba in, a, in the – in the judge's outfit, robe, and uh, with a cap on. And he would be very succinct and definitive in his dialogue and his actions. Bubba is 47. I'm just trying to get you a book, Bubba. That's all, baby. Uh, Heath Slater, 35 this week. The WWE Hall of Famer, the Governor Jesse, the Body Ventura, 67. I let Jesse and I down our team. I, will, I have admitted but the error of my ways, uh, my ego and uh, lack of communication in WCW, 
uh, was uh, did not do my relationship with the governor any favors. We should have been much better than we were. Uh, I screwed that relationship up. But it wasn't the first. It probably won't be the last relationship I screw up in the wrestling business. But I enjoyed working with Jesse, quite frankly. We could have really been good if I'd pulled my head out of my ass. Uh, Mel Mascaris is 76 years old. God, he still looks amazing. And he still doesn't do jobs. Uh, Monday, uh, Bobby Lashley will be 42. Mike Knox, 40. Uh, Mexican legend Blue Demon Jr., 52. Could still go. Uh, also coming up, Lacey Von Erich will be 32. Boy, she's a beautiful young woman. Carrie's daughter. Carrie's daughter. A Daphne, 43. And the late WCW referee Randy Pee Wee Anderson would have been 59 years old this week. So a lot of birthdays from a lot of nice people. Hope you have a good week, all of you that are celebrating your birthday. And uh, until then, the cake's on me. Without these fans, these superstars are out of a job. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that uh, I'm going to be back in London for the London Film and Comic Con uh, July the 27th, 28th, and 29th. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, Even though I'm a little banged up, I'm going to be okay by then. And uh, I'm not going to take any bumps there, I promise you. At least, I, I hope not, for God's sakes. You know, I look like a cow on ice taking a bump anyway. Uh, but, so keep that in mind. And also, The King and I doing our J.R. The King shows, stage shows, the Q&As, the big uh, meet and greets, the dual meet and greets, the photo ops, all that stuff. Thursday, August 16th in uh, Zanies in Nashville. Then the following Thursday, August 23rd, will be the Zanies in Rosemont, Illinois, in Chicagoland. Uh, so check them out if you can. Love to see you there. Uh, mailbag, uh, remember, uh, you can mailbag me your questions uh, at the Jim at Ross Report at gmail.com. Okay, from Rick Davis, longtime fan of your work and all its incarnations. I've uh, got a quick WWE TV question. I noticed the verbal heat between Corey Graves and Byron Saxon on SmackDown, obviously. If you were still in creative for the company, would you expand on the heat as was done with you and Cole back in the day? Or has something like that seen its day and wouldn't work now? Thanks. Love the sauce. Well, I would say this. I would say I would not probably uh, actively plan and, and, and put the more animosity on the situation. I kind of think that that whole shtick has kind of sailed. And uh, it wasn't great when Cole and I did it, uh, but it was something that that the creative wanted to do. So we were good company men. We carried out our marching orders. I don't think it was great creative. uh, And I don't think that that Corey and Byron need to uh, become any more enjoined than they are. All commentators got to keep in mind that they're, they're there for one reason. It ain't about them. It's about the talent and how they get the talent over and building an anticipation for a match. And if your interactions with your, with your broadcast partner just uh, abruptly kills that, then you're not doing a good job. So I would say backing off of that might be a little bit better so that the focus and the animosity, the creative angst goes onto the talents that you're trying to get over. Tyler Bucks. That's like a wrestling name. Tyler Bucks. Uh, the backstage rumor. Here we go is that Vince is very high on AJ Styles and wants him to have a legendary title reign, whatever that means. In your opinion, what are some of the things that AJ would need to do in order to make his reign legendary? Stay healthy. 
monitor and inventory his bump cart and not take any unnecessary high uh, likelihood of injury type maneuvers. Uh, so, but basically staying healthy. AJ's, I, I've said this before, I believe he's the best in-ring performer in the world today at any company. And uh, WWE is very lucky to have him. And so I, I think that uh, uh, all AJ's got to do to get that run, that the immortal run, is stay healthy. And God bless him for that. Uh, Russ is in Boston. Uh, Want to know any favorite restaurants, bars, any fun road stories in Boston? There's a lot of things. There's, uh, isn't Calhoun's in Boston? I think it is. Uh, kind of a, a watering hole for a lot of the talent, a lot of the wrestlers. Uh, I, uh, that's probably the biggest, my, my heart, most heartfelt memory is sharing a little bitty uh, dressing room at the old Boston Garden on a hotter than hell day with the Heenan and Monsoon. It was like I was in the middle of a surreal uh, comedy act that was just happening and it kept evolving and evolving. It was laugh out loud, funny stuff. Monsoon and, uh, you know, Heenan he hiding Monsoon's shoes. Heenan unbuckling uh, Monsoon's uh, suspender from his pants. Comical little pranks that the Wees loved doing to Gorilla, to which Gorilla would always say, will you stop? So that was, that was my favorite memory of that is I was in the Boston Garden home with the Celtics, the real-time stuff, man, and I was sharing a dressing room with two of my heroes. Uh, living large can't complain about that ryan is in toronto uh what's my favorite he wants to know what my favorite gimmick match is oh mercy i, I like the uh the 30 man iron the iron man stuff uh if that's a gimmick match to you i like i like the hell out of those that's why i think ziggler and rollins is going to be classic on sunday you get you know they're going to wrestle 30 minutes you know they've got 30 minutes to tell a story there's no reason that it can't be extraordinary really there's no reason but I like the Hell in a Cell uh, when it was like once a year. I don't know that we – sometimes we are our own worst enemies in the business by overexposing something. And I think the Hell in a Cell has been uh, uh, played too much. I love it, but I want to see it once a year and uh, and not anymore. That's me. So, uh, But I do like the 30-minute Iron Man match. That will be my go-to on Sunday on the WWE Network without without without, without question. Uh, Jordan is in Gap, Pennsylvania. Uh, can't wait to try our barbecue sauce. Well, you should. Uh, and you can order it at www.shop.com, along with mustard and ketchup and beef jerky and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, my question to you is, do you see WWE having more than three person stables again? For example, the NWO, Horseman, uh, Evolution, Bullet Club. Yeah, I, I think that that's a... It kind of cyclical. It goes around, comes around type thing. But I believe that factions help get talents to another level if it's done correctly. Uh, I really do. And I think that uh, there's enough talents in WWE that, that need a little bit more shine persona-wise, that need a little bit more uh, personality, a little more identity. And sometimes that can come into a, when a, a new faction is formed and there is some sort of symmetry and uh, a, a connection there. There's a reason for the faction existing. So I think it's good good publicity. I think it's good marketing, and I think that they'll do it some more. At least that, uh, that's my vote. 
that would be my the next thing I would be working on is a is a nice strong faction that has success right away and starts making uh, dictating uh, the lay of the land. And finally, uh, from uh, Jabril Jabril Allah, I'll do my best here. Uh, longtime fan, your commentary was one of the few specific factors that brought me back to regularly watching wrestling as an adult after my childhood super fan years. Which brings me to my question. What are your thoughts on the talents like Austin Idol and Bill Dundee? Why do you think that they never made it to the big stage? Uh, thanks for what you do. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, you got to look long and hard to find more talented in-ring performers, uh, wrestlers, brawlers, promo guys uh, than Austin Idol and Bill Dundee. I, I would say that one of the reasons Dundee might not have made it uh, to WWE was the fact that he's, he was not uh, – his size was a, was a issue. It wasn't an issue so much in the territories. He had a great run in, in Memphis, but Dundee was certainly talented enough to wrestle for any company. I think his, his height, his lack of height, probably didn't do him any favors. But don't be mistaken, it wasn't because he didn't have the skills. Austin Idol, big time player. Ask Paul Heyman. Ask guys that are around him that are that you that you know now. Uh, Austin Idol is one of the top guys ever. Uh, great talker, great, great talker. Uh, so I can't tell you there's a specific reason, but it could have been their southernness. It could have been their their size. It could have just been timing. I really don't know. But uh, it damn sure wasn't their talent. And that's folks, is the mailbag. I mentioned earlier in the program that I had not talked to, to my partner, Josh Barnett, since uh, we last saw each other on Saturday. Uh, and and after the uh, you know I noticed this Josh my my ribs didn't hurt nearly as badly after I drank about a half a gallon of tequila. Do you think there's any any that correlation? <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a correlation I, I, there. It's medically sound. Yes. Uh, it's better than that stick I was biting on my on the flight home. <laughs> the, the scene of a John Wayne movie. Why is that old guy with that black hat on biting a stick? I think he's in a little bit of agony. You yeah, he's he, he he just waiting for someone to cut his leg off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but I want to uh, personally and on the air thank you for uh, uh, having my back so prominently. Not that I was surprised, but I was a little surprised that you took some major steps that that it takes a lot of balls to do what you did, and I want to thank you for standing up for me. Well, you, you know we've seen uh, we've seen plenty of instances. Uh, I know you have plenty in the past, as well as myself. And even now with, with New Japan Pro Wrestling calling the town, some of these guys, they're just, uh, they're rogue. You, you can't really, they, they're in the company. They're a part of these matches. And they agree to, uh, to the stipulations put out there for these, for these matches. But damn if they'll ever seem to follow them. So, uh, yeah. you know, you get these rogue elements. And the thing is, man, we're not, I'm not going to sit back and, and allow us to be, fair game it's just not going to happen so uh you know i've we've we've called uh matches where we've seen announcers getting thrown all over the place and you know this is a different Mm. different scenario i'm not just uh you know a guy with a suit uh sitting down i have a a a background in this i'm a new i was a new japan pro wrestler ufc heavyweight champion king of pancreas not your typical announcer like you said my partner and kick your partner's ass and that's that is a fact (laughs) That should be my next T-shirt. I should become an entrepreneur like the Young Bucks or some of those dudes and, and have a T-shirt made. My partner could whip your partner's ass. 
So I agree. Could, could, uh, why not? Yeah. Why, why, are you, why are you holding out on that merch, JR? I, <laughs> I think there's a market for it. You can get one with every uh, uh, $100 in sauces. Well, there you go. There you go. You're an entrepreneur at heart. Hey, uh, what overall, we'll talk about our, our the, little, the, the U.S. title thing, but mm-hmm. overall, what, did, what were your, your impressions of the show uh, as far as just, you know, what did you take away as a fan and as a broadcaster? What was your, uh, your, your takeaway from Saturday night? Ultimately, it was a bit chaotic, especially with so much um, changing between factions and people and, you know, a lot of title matches, obviously. There's five of them. Uh, every time you have a title match, that's an important moment. There's uh, a lot at stake. You're going to see uh, elevated emotions and uh, elevated, uh, you know, output from these guys. They're trying to give it their all. Um, but then the inner turmoil of some of these factions, like especially with all that happened at the end with the Bullet Club, man, that was, uh, you know, no way to, to call it other than Bedlam, man. It just everything went nuts and bodies strewn all over the place. Uh, looked like an airplane crash. It did. Yeah, it did. And you know one of the beautiful parts about this this gig uh, at least in my opinion, is the fact that you and I sat down to do that uh, those shows, mm-hmm. uh, a live show specifically we're talking about, and no different than if we were sitting down to do a USC fight. Mm-hmm. We don't know who the, we don't know who's going to win. We don't we don't know anything particulars about it, and I, I I like to stay away from that information because it makes makes me more spontaneous. I think, uh, but. Uh, I I, kind of dig that. I think announcers today in the pro wrestling world in general are too reliant on being smartened up before the matches. And I don't know if that's necessary. I just want to be in the moment. I want to, I want to see what these, what these athletes are bringing to the table. I want to try and highlight what I see from a technical aspect. Uh, You know, I, I, I think I, I know what, what combat is like and what's important in trying to finish a hold or, acquire a pin, uh, what to, how to best land a strike uh, for, for maximum damage and impact. And I know what goes through these athletes' heads when they're, when they're having to dig deep, when they're hurting, when they're, they're at their very wit's end, but they know that it's, it's now or never. Either they decide to, to find another way to succeed or they give it up right then and there. And uh, you know, I just want to try and bring that kind of understanding as best as I can, of course, uh, to that audience when they're watching it. And I have you know, tons of respect for these guys out there because I've been in that very same place. I know how lonely that ring is. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and you have. That's the thing. It's just ironic. You know, uh, sometimes uh, I don't know that somebody said, well, what would have happened if, if Josh had got his hands on Jay White? And I said, well, I don't know what would have happened, but it would not have been pleasant for Jay White. Uh, because <laughs> you're, 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 you're obviously very pissed off. And, and I, I have watched that little clip, you know, I had to explain to my kids what, you know, I had lost my mind and no, honey, daddy didn't agree to do that. And I'm not going to do it anymore. I promise. You know, they got a 66 year old father. They're, you know, it's had some tragedies here in the last year or so that they're kind of wanting to get back to some smooth ground here. Uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't give them that moment on Saturday cause they're, they got, you know, their friends to watch or whatever. And your dad got hurt or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so they don't know anymore. It's like crying wolf. They don't know what's real and what's Memorex. So I had to tell them, well, this is not, this is not a uh, part of the show. It just happened. But I, I look back at that and it seemed like 
you were okay until he taunted you. Was that, is that some that was, yes, that was the, the crowning moment there. You know, uh, everything happened so damn fast. You know, as soon as that table hit, uh, you were gone immediately. Down, down you went. You know, someone tried to go. You didn't even try to catch him. I was like, how the fuck was I going to catch him? <laughs> you know, yeah. how, I mean, Juice Robinson's two hundred and thirty-five pounds, getting half-hatch suplexed into a uh, into a steel railing into a into a uh, table. Like, look, man, I know people like to try and think that wrestling is one thing, but they're so utter, some of these smarts, as they call them, as they are referred to, are so far from understanding the reality of what wrestling is and you know when jay white half had suplexes uh big old juice robinson trust me there's so much force and impact and velocity behind that i mean did they not just see those those railings practically leap into the air first time uh jay white hit him that's a lot of force it's a lot of impact and boom that chair hit you and uh, the table hit you and the way those chairs were were set up they don't fold like a normal chair because of their construction they sort of collapsed in on themselves and man you were down quick and they got a hold of you and i i knew that you were you're being attended to and then yeah as soon as uh you know i felt like uh we were it wasn't just me but we were getting disrespected that that was it uh i i just i go back and look one of the best heel things that jay white did all night was to backpedal when you he was you were coming his way that made sense (laughs) Uh, on a lot of for a lot of reasons, you're right. <laughs> for a lot yeah. of reasons, that does make sense. You want to have know, a uh, long and healthy, happy career. It makes sense. Did you? I, I had a nice chat with those 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 kids uh, after the show, uh, and they looked me up and they apologized and they meant it. They didn't look their shoes when they're talking because I'd call their hand on that one, and they were sincere. I, I do believe that. Uh, and I I just said, well. Just, but you got to tell me. I don't. Maybe I'm missing something. I think I understand this business, but maybe I don't. What, what were you thinking? What were you trying to accomplish out of that deal? And they could, they didn't yeah. have an answer. You know, yeah. uh, didn't have an answer. Uh, and then the other thing, I'm sure I said, and don't worry that we, we didn't, we didn't, uh, you know, crap on your match. Uh, right. I was hurting like a son of a bitch, but I was going to call the match and I was going to try to get the baby face over. And we didn't, look, we didn't know it that Juice is even going to win the match. We didn't know. No, no. I mean, it, you know, on paper, you can think any number of things, but anything can change. Uh, drop of a dime, really can. Yeah. And uh, you know, I guess you know, if we're gonna break the fourth wall, yeah, they they were uh, very apologetic. Very. I didn't necessarily think ill will. You know, I didn't think anybody meant to hurt anyone. No, I don't uh, either. Not at all. But no. I was. You know, on the insider level, if I was just kind of waiting for Jay to give me the office. That's what I was waiting for. Just to yeah. let me know, yeah, I knew we fucked up. And mm. we'll move on, right? But, you know, I didn't get that, so <laughs> I lost my cool. I can't have people thinking that that wrestling is, is some sort of bullshit thing and, and that people are just going to sit by and, and can cross any line. You just got to deal with it. That's just not, that's just not the way it is. And, you know, they understand that, and um, you know, I, I, I gave them a lecture about the whole process of what what went what it went through to to get to that point that night. But that, you know, we're we're a part of the same program they are. All we want yeah. them to do is look as great as we can make them. And and uh, you know, and, and even as I sat back down at, the, at that monitor, and I'm pissed as all hell, 
I'm just thinking for a few minutes, well, this is only going to help their match out. <laughs> you know, if he wasn't, if, if people weren't buying him as a heel before, they sure as hell are now. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's so that. Get, at the end of the day, it's a it's a very uh, 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 undesirable route, but we got to where we need to be because we got to the end of the story where the the uh, former champion is a bigger heel than he was entering the match, mm-hmm. and the the young kid who seemingly just had to win. Well, we were, I was going to look like uh, Ned in the first reader because I was, the way that this story was built, I mean, it was almost like a must-win deal. The mm-hmm. Juice had lost three title matches last year, uh, all to top talents, obviously, but still, you people don't under, look past that much. All they know is he didn't win the title. He had three chances. He didn't win any three of the titles he had a shot at. So I thought it was a must-win for him, and so he wins. He's an he's upcoming babyface. Hey, this kid's going to be a big yep. star there. And, yeah, with, and a, if, with a broken hand. Yeah, yeah. So, I I just think that the, that the, that story was enough. Quite frankly, the broken hand yeah. thing was uh, was enough of a story. And I I just was disappointed. As a matter of fact, they won the Pet Coon Goofy Award this week, the Ring Crew, uh, because they didn't hook the the uh, the uh, security little railings together. They're just they're just standing freestanding, as you as you know. Yeah, and I'm just yeah, I'm no, wondering. It was not good. It was it was really poorly attended to, and uh, and the fact that that wasn't checked over just is uh, it's a gross oversight. And, and I uh, wonder um, if was that a union deal? I have no idea, but you know, it wasn't just by the way throughout that night that uh, you know you took the spill that you did and, and got injured. Uh, the ring bell, uh, the guy in charge of the bell, got uh, a railing. Uh, collapsed on top into his knee at one point with, with mm. someone completely ass over tea kettling into it. Uh, and he was limping around. Uh, and not to mention these, these, those railings, they do have a, a decent amount of weight to it, but when a big old 200 some odd plus pound man gets slung into it, and those things pop up in the air. Uh, one of those uh, steel uh, protrusions on the base could have spun, you know, I think it'd be spinning and, and just caught someone right in the eye catch him in the face and all of a sudden now a fan's got a big old gash in his, in his head or maybe losing an eye i don't know but you know, nobody paid a ticket for that and um you know that would be a, a, a tragedy i i didn't realize at the moment and maybe the talent didn't either how bad Hiromu was how bad how badly injured he was mm-hmm. uh well as we, you and i are talking i'm under the impression he's still in the hospital uh yeah i think I, so I was told that he didn't have to have surgery, which is a blessing. He dodged a big bullet there. And the only thing I can think of is that, uh, other than not being aware of how badly he was injured, is that much like uh, Jay White and and uh, Juice Robinson, that you look at that day as a learning experience on where to go next and where not to go next. So, uh, but yeah. I'm, 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 hey, this kid's so damn talented. Josh, can an athlete that's that highly strung and that wired that way, where it's basically that style, that pace is all he knows, can he change? Yes, but it, it takes a lot of uh, – got to be smart enough to look at it and to understand what is it about that you're doing that is, is being successful and strip it down to its basic elements. And if you can, you can make fine adjustments – to still capture the essence of what it is that you're doing that's giving you the result that you want. And then, you know, work around that versus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just 
thinking, well, you know, if I just go harder and harder, maybe I just add a different, bigger move. Like, well, it's, it's more than that. It's got to be more than that. You know, there's a whole personality element into what it is that you do and, uh, you know, that aspect of your charisma and your individuality. And, and uh, you know, and he's taken that move plenty of times. Uh, the only thing was, hey, you get tired, you're sweaty, uh, fatigued, and Dragon Lee's bridge was just too low. And uh, the the course, the the uh, what is the the line of momentum threw right in threw it right into his hands, which made his grip break, which made the landing even worse. And, mm. and there you have it. You know, if you don't have that perfect bridge that that arcs him right over the top, straight on top as Eddie goes. Yeah, I I was. Uh, you're right, and I was. Uh... I was a little bit shocked. Uh, maybe there's a, a, a more tamer word to utilize, but I was mm-hmm. a little bit shocked that uh, the night before, Dragon Lee had three matches, oh, and I wow. and I heard that he and I heard that he kicked ass in all three of them. None of them were phoned in. They're all you know balls to the wall, and so I'm wondering. Well, he's in this major match the next night on national television. Why would you? Why would you even entertain the thought of doing that? You're telling to say, well, it's a payday. Oh, wait a minute. Yep. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the boys, man. They're, they're out there hustling, and, and Dragon Lee is trying to make the most of his excursion over here and get the matches in, you know, as many, many matches as he can get. And You know, that's pretty typical for guys. You know, I can understand why they would think that way. Uh, but that's where the office needs to come into play and say, hey, nah, you, you got a title match. You got a big old match for us tomorrow. You're not doing this. Sorry. It's too much at risk. Yeah, three matches. I, I, hey, look, for a payday, uh, I don't know how much more he got paid for doing three matches than he got w- for one. Normally, it isn't. You're not getting three different paydays as a rule. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, I just think that things like that have to be governed a little bit more tightly. You know, I'm not saying that would have prevented the injury whatsoever, but it would lessen the chances if he'd been maybe a little fresher, a little stronger. Uh, Agreed. You know, it, it wouldn't hurt. At all. It only would have made things less likely for any injury, not to mention what if Dragon Lee had gotten injured in one of those three matches, and then now he's he's performing subpar, or let alone not even can't even compete. How, who, who would have been happy about that? I'm sure Dragon Lee would have been really upset because that's, that's the big match too, right? Like why do something that's going to jeopardize the match that counts the most? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought the I thought since the first time we saw them, uh, as heels, uh, the young bucks have made quite the change in their game planning, uh, in mm-hmm. their pr- practical application. They really are now more, uh, classic baby face team. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. And I think no. they're wrestling smarter and they're selling really beautifully. So I think that the, the young bucks right now, for my money, Josh, uh, are about as good as any tag team in the business right now. But what they're selling shirts, they're selling tickets at all that all in thing in, in Chicago September first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I they they've really uh, done a hell of a job in continuing to re uh, reinvent themselves. Yeah, I, it was some time earlier this year. It seemed like uh, um, that they had a, a change in the way they were approaching their matches and uh, you know, doing you know creating really really well planned out storylines and sticking to it. Um, and, and telling a great story in the match with, with not just you know doing exciting stuff, but with uh, 
you know, doing things that were, were good in ring psychology and building up off of what had happened pre- previously in the match and off of it, their opponents as well. Uh, they've had some really fantastic outings. I really love their matches against uh, Rapungi 3K. Those were great. And they just continue to uh, to deliver some, some really killer stuff right now. Smart kids. They're really smart. They're entrepreneurial in spirit. Uh, Cody, same good segue to him because he's the same way as far as uh, thinking things out, being a businessman, uh, you know, preparing himself for the future. I saw where he was going to take off a, a good amount of time this summer to heal up, which mm-hmm. I think is very, very smart. Uh, he's got a lot of things coming up for this fall and so forth. But uh, I thought the match that uh, that Cody and uh, Kenny Omega had, I didn't expect Kenny Omega to lose his first title defense. I didn't. I didn't either. Yeah, yeah I didn't and, either. But, but I, uh... I, there were times that during the match, Josh, I thought it could happen. Well, I also didn't expect anybody to get up on top of the ladder and get get suplexed off of it. I, I just didn't see that coming. There was oh. the match was absolutely spectacular in terms of uh, you know some of the amazing high spot elements within it. Uh, some real wild stuff. Um, and Cody has been really impressing me ever since. You know, I to be honest, I was not impressed at all his New Japan debut. Uh, and Juice as well. And both of them have only continue to evolve and grow from those points, which is, that's the mark of a good wrestler. Because if you're not trying to become better, in any play, anytime you start in a new spot, you got new guys, you don't know, uh, new environments, it can be difficult to get adjusted. And it can take some time. And both of them have really done incredibly well to adjust to this New Japan Pro Wrestling product and, uh, and go ahead and, and uh, continue to become better and better wrestlers and, and create a bigger and better rapport with, with the fan base. It's been incredible. In the territory days, Josh, uh, a guy like Cowboy Bill Watts would look at the lay of the land, and he'd look at some of these kids uh, like the Young Bucks, like Cody, uh, you know, Kenny Omega, obviously, as well, and say, uh, I'll bring that guy in and give him the book. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sit with him. We'll book together. But I'll bring him in for his outlook, his current outlook, his perspective, uh, and 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 see how that would go. And all those kids would never have tr- trouble finding work in that in that territory mm-hmm. era because they could they could come in with their own. Uh, I remember him bringing in Dick Slater to be the booker, and I said, you know, I, I, after I, we had one meeting, I said I didn't I wasn't over, I wasn't overwhelmed with that. And he said, well, you know, I'm going to help him the booking, uh, but he's a great talent. And uh, he can book some things that I think will be fine. He brought in Dark Journey, which is a new deal, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the ballet. And her mm-hmm. ethnicity played into that whole presentation. So it was uh, – I got that. But those kids right now, man, they I can see them being uh, on a not, – not a booking committee, but they can certainly do some good booking right now. They're hot. They're, their instincts are on on point right now, and that's what's kind of fun to watch. Well, they're a part of this this newer generational era. Uh, where they're using the aspects of the internet and social media and blending them in with the things that they're doing in and around the ring. And also, you know, they're trying to build some story elements across multiple promotions. Now, you know, granted, some of these are, are from indies to, to you know, bigger uh, second-tier promotions up to, say, New Japan. So it can, if you're not in the ride across, you know, everything on social media, it can be hard to uh, really stay up to 
up to uh, task, but there's a, a good, strong contingent of their fan base that is really, really heavily Internet-based. Yeah, absolutely. And and they, as you mentioned, they make sure and stay uh, connected. I know uh, the fa- even the, the, the families uh, help out a great deal. Uh, with that, that's a family a family thing. This uh, the Jacksons have going. I I like that. I I'd like to see wrestlers taking care of their family and building for the future and so forth. Uh, did you? Uh, uh, I I think that everything that we saw Saturday had some touching, some tentacle touching the G one. This starting Saturday, starting this weekend, uh, yeah. and normally those guys get some days off. I think one of the boys told me, might have been uh, Okada told me they had four days off when they got home uh, to get ready for the G1. Quick turnaround for these guys. But it looks like uh, there's a good chance that it could be, for example, uh, uh, Tanahashi. I think I I mentioned on the air that Tanahashi and Naito are in different brackets, or Okada and Naito are in different brackets, I think it was. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing comes out because – Ghetto, who the booker, always has a, a card or two up his sleeve, which is why he's so brilliant at doing what he does. Uh, that I wouldn't, I couldn't figure. Who, I'd take the field. I'll let you pick your two or three guys. I'd take the field, and I think I'd be, feel pretty good about my bet. Quite frankly, it's unpredictable. Is the bottom line, I'm trying to say. Oh, well, always, and and I think a good part of this is not just the the individual brackets themselves and who's within them and how those matchups can lay out, um, but also. You know, what are some of the early matchups? So if right. you're coming off this four-day rest, that's great for you. Um, but if you've got to wrestle a guy who maybe is a foil to you right off, right out the bat in the first round, and then you've got another couple tough guys lined up on your side, and he's got a little bit of you know, some better stylistic matchups on, on, on the rest of his bracket, it could be real a real, real long G1. Yeah, really good kid. Uh, it's one of my favorite things that you and I do for uh, Access TV all year and for New Japan. Uh, I saw a lot of feedback, obviously. You know, we have our normal naysayers that would have prefer to have Kevin Kelly and Don Callis, who do a good job, no doubt, uh, for a New Japan world. We encourage folks to, to try their the, the, the New Japan world app and all that good stuff. Uh, it's it's some classic stuff, no doubt about that. And I like both those guys. I've worked with both those guys uh, over the years, and uh, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't sense that they dislike us as much as some of their fans do. It's a small contingent, uh, I can tell, and they're they are very much of this sort of internet pro wrestling uh, sort of a smart mark, so to speak, uh, community. And they've got a very, very set way in which they see professional wrestling and want professional wrestling presented and um, and and displayed. So, you know, you know, often I mean, I'm not really too big on responding to this kind of stuff. Although sometimes I do like to rile them up a bit because they're so uh, just so nasty in their approach and just so belligerent. But uh, often they'll make claims. That I keep. The one thing I'll see is someone's like, "Well, you bury the product." Explain, <laughs> give me, give me an example, and I'll, I'll get into a, you know, conversation with these guys. And every time, it just seems like the weakest argument they can think of. It's just a matter of, well, you didn't, uh, uh, you know, you you didn't like Daryl. Like Daryl doesn't have anything to do with it, man. Uh, <laughs> like, Daryl's not really a part of the match. Daryl uh-huh. is just a little peripheral thing, and. 
you know, it, it's it's Romo's gimmick, and you know, fine by me, man. But what he's doing in the ring is what counts. Who he's beating, who's beating him, who he's facing next, what's going on in the ring—that's what's important. And and they don't they don't seem to really enjoy. And may, maybe some of it is they don't understand the uh, the reality combat aspect of wrestling. You know, there's a lot of people that like to talk about the art. Where I'm like, nah, not here for art. I, I, wrestling isn't art to me. I mean, I'm sure it, I could agree with you that at its highest peak, you know, level, it is quite beautiful and interesting and enchanting and all that. But it's it's a combat sport. That's the whole point. And I don't even. I'm not even sure that some of these younger fans know that wrestling actually was real at some point in its life, and is the the grandfather of what you would call modern MMA. So, um, you know, wrestling is not just all about hulking up and selling gimmicks and, and selling and working and whatever. I mean, this is based in reality. This isn't just action stunt team choreography. It's just, there's more to it than that. Yeah, and you and I don't have the standard, traditional uh, play-by-play color guy dynamic. You know, it's the, you, you're not a heel. You're, you're Josh Barnett, no. and you call, you call what you see – and and I was told when I first got hired there, uh, you know, a few years ago now, after Morrow went to SmackDown, uh, and I always like to give a shout out to Morrow because mm-hmm. he's our he's our friend and he battles every day and we both uh, love the crazy bastard. But uh, I just you know I always wish him well. But when Morrow went to SmackDown, uh, uh, it gave me the opportunity to come to work with you. And I was told from the very beginning, uh, you know, I remember sitting talking to. The, the brass there at Access TV that they wanted a sports-oriented broadcast. They wanted to, to position the product as seriously as we could in a realistic way. So it, just at least until it's not eye rolling, and to give it a sports feel. And so that's what we do. And you know, uh, I get this all the time. Well, did you watch those matches that you voiced over in the studio before you voiced them over? No, that kills it. It kills. I don't need to watch it. I don't need to precondition myself because sometimes I don't like the creator, just like you. And sometimes yeah. I love the creator, just like you. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I, uh, I just, I just don't think that's a, I, I think. I don't think a, it's the right approach for us either. It's not no, what I signed no. up for. And when they, when they called me to, to do this way back in the beginning and, you know, I met with Marl, I said, you know, I'm not going to do any sort of gimmick announcer stuff. And he goes, no, I don't, I, I'm not either. And, uh, you know, I know even Morrow, myself, you, we love wrestling. We come from a long history of wrestling and wrestling lineages. Our history in wrestling is, is, is deep, and we have connections to people that you know, go way back to, a different, to many different eras. And uh, you know, I always think about that when I'm, when I'm in the booth. And, and trust me, man, there have been some amazing heel commentators. I mean, Bobby the Brain Heenan is one of my absolute favorites of all yeah. time. But uh, I've always tried to pattern myself more of a Gordon Soley um, and yeah. some Jim Ross, definitely, uh, in, in that equation. Um, I just, uh, others can go ahead and, and do the heel, heel announcing and face announcing gimmick of the straight man, the heel guy. I, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm not trying to tell people what to do. But to mm-hmm. me, I'd rather not. I mean, that that's that's everywhere right. anyway. That's, it seems to be what people think that wrestling announcing has to be, you know, just like people think that wrestling has to be a certain way. They forget that, you know, wrestling 
was and actually still to some degree is a legitimate uh, combat sport. And, uh, you know, that's the way I see it. I'm not here to, uh, to make wrestling seem any hokier. I want, I want people to really respect these athletes, and I want them to, to when they watch these matches, to, to be as invested in what happens, not because it's corny or over-the-top or to treat it childishly. I want them to treat it seriously. Absolutely, man. You're right. You're so right on that deal. Hey, uh, speaking of over the top, uh, moving on to another event that was Saturday night, the uh, post, first of all, uh, we were told that DC uh, knocked out Stipe, and I was almost afraid to pronounce his name because I butcher it. Uh, Stipe. Yeah. He got knocked out in the first round was i would never ever ever seen that coming and obviously the champion didn't either uh but then here comes brock lesnar and the story i've heard lately since then was that it was determined and it was decided that lesnar would be coming to the ring no matter who won to challenge the winner that was the deal now uh tell me how, how would something like that come about i mean is that a Dana White Brock Lesnar deal, probably, Josh? Or how does something like that get structured to where Lesnar's there? I mean, it's a TV event, so mm-hmm. uh, uh, some people thought it was it, it was a pro wrestling stunt that uh, the MMA uh, utilized. I don't know what kind of stunt it was, it, pro wrestling, or whatever. It could have been boxing. A lot of things have had confrontations like that. Uh, but what were your thoughts on the pre- on the presentation? And were you a little bit surprised to see it? I wasn't surprised in the least, to be perfectly honest. And I'm sure the office and Lesnar had been working to make this sort of thing happen. And, uh, you know, it's just too much of a moneymaker to pass up. But, you know, I think you're kind of hitting on something that this goes back to what I just talked about with, with the presentation of wrestling. Uh, they felt that Brock being in the ring was too pro wrestling, that it was too much of a pro wrestling stunt, too hokey and too whatever. And the fact that people think that professional wrestling is hokey and a stunt and, and you know, full of just goofiness and not to be taken seriously, well, there you go. People think that wrestling is, is a joke in some way. And I'm I, trying to, as much as I can and what I do, to reverse that image. And, you know, whether it was 100% legitimate that Brock bought his own ticket and showed up and sat in the audience and then walked into the ring – or it was manufactured so that that moment would happen. You know, the thing is, people want to see individuals that they are that they are drawn to. If they want to see fight, fight. They want to see these things happen. You know, it's not uncommon for uh, a, a boxing contender or a champion to then meet each other in the ring after a big fight and uh, you know, get the crowd's interest to, to want to see the matchup. And, you know, whether and, you know, still it accomplishes that task, whether or not you thought it was a hokey pro wrestling stunt or you thought it was really cool. Either way, you're still talking about it, which is, you know, that's getting over either way. Um, there, we're talking but, about a match. Uh, we're talking about a match that will be held in January. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're a smart promoter and this is July, last I looked, uh, you're getting a lot of free ink, free publicity and a free opportunity to build momentum uh, uh, way ahead of the of the pay-per-view. So, uh, yes. you know, I, I think it's kind of smart in that regard. Can Brock Lesnar – Ken's not a good – do you think Brock Lesnar will beat Daniel Cormier? No, I don't. I think that uh, you know, he's certainly a solid athlete, but the thing is Brock doesn't spend time working on his 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 shoot his shooting skills. He just doesn't do it. 
that was kind of my my beef one of my beefs with him and when he was associated with my old coach eric paulson is that in between fights he wasn't coming down to our gym and getting extra work in he wasn't uh you know hell i was in strike force i think when he first was in the ufc and you know there's all this time he could be spending being a better fighter but he doesn't do it so to me i'm like well if he's not going to put the time in well he certainly isn't going to deserve to reap the rewards but let alone you know a guy like dc who's been you know he wrestled at a higher level than brock and for longer has been fighting longer had more bouts has fought tougher competition uh, i just don't see it as being a favorable matchup for him and you know, DC's pretty durable, but, you know, Brock does hit like a ton of bricks, and he's got a, uh, a big body and a real long reach, but uh, I just don't see him being able to keep it up. Is there a uh, win, lose, or draw? I speculated earlier here on the show that uh, Lesnar and uh, DC uh, uh, lock for January. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's not, a, that's not a revelation, by the way. Uh, everybody, it's, everybody can see that coming. But let's, is there win, lose, or draw? Can can the USC get to that uh, train wreck known as uh, Lesnar and John Jones? Nah, I don't see that happening. I don't think that's a fight that, that Lesnar even really wants, and I just think it's too far in the future for it to even be a consideration. I think that um, Brock is pretty smart about when he comes and when he goes, and uh, if anything, he will be long and done with the UFC and, you know, making more more money in the WWE up until he decides to call it good, uh, which you know could be at any point really. But I, I don't see much of his fighting involvement lasting maybe a year or two at best. And uh, you know, for WWE, probably over the next five years, it'll maybe he might decide to call it good. Yeah, uh, he's forty one this week, so he's still a fairly young guy, and certainly for pro wrestling, uh, he's he's. Uh, he he's got a lot of good good days left, in my opinion, and and it's obvious mm-hmm. that the WWE's paying him massive money for limited dates. So when somebody says, "Do you think he'll go back to WWE?" My question, you answer the question. Well, why wouldn't he? He's got a yeah. part time gig making millions. Mm-hmm. Why would he not? He, right. Right. He, it's it, this is so much is being catered towards him. So why wouldn't he do it? And and you know this isn't just that he just showed up and everybody just started. Folding over, folding over and giving him everything he wanted. I mean, he did go out and win the UFC heavyweight title. Now, I'd argue that he did not really fight a, a real uh, reaper's row of people to get there. And it was, uh, you, you, I mean, you can't, nothing has worked in the UFC, clearly, but uh, they tried to make it the easiest path for, for a guy to get that belt as they could. Uh, and they succeeded. But as soon as he fought a top high-level competitor and Cain Velasquez, that, uh, you know, that quickly changed. And, uh, you know, Brock is, I don't know what Brock's capabilities could have been if he, if he, if I felt, if he had taken this more seriously, in my opinion. But, um, you know, he's done great things. He's still in incredible shape uh, at 41. He could continue to wrestle even further, I think, than five years out. I just don't know that he would want to. That he, I'm sure he would have made enough money that he could be quite comfortable. And, you know, from what I know about him, he isn't really a person that's really looking to be in the limelight all that much. And I'm sure he does enjoy the, the time in the spotlight that he has, but mostly he likes to keep to himself. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a solitary man. He likes mm-hmm. hunting and riding on his tractor and fishing and, mm-hmm. 
outdoor outdoor stuff. And he's got two young boys. So I, I just think, uh, you know, he's done a tremendous job of, of accumulating wealth. He's done a tremendous job of preparing for more wealth in heavy hits, big masses of cash. Uh, yeah. So I, I think he's a, he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for being, quite frankly. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. It'll be, a, it'll be the buy rate that they've been looking for, I think, because uh, the MMA fans are purists, kind of like the New Japan uh, purists. Uh, they have a specific way of looking at things. And yep. they uh, and and they're going to say, well, you know, uh, I I still want that. I want DC to beat that pro wrestler, even though Lesnar's a former UFC heavyweight champion like you are. Yep. I think some of them look at him as he's still a pro wrestler. That's what he is. He's a pro wrestler, and that's with his ass. And you know <laughs> so. what? He is, and so am I. <laughs> you know, I used to they they uh, in strike force, uh, so I went back to to, to fighting over here. Um, they would ask you to put down what you want your style listed as, right? And they're still doing that. So I'd always put pro wrestling and, uh, invariably they'd always, someone would, they would always change it and they, they wouldn't put it up there or they put catch wrestling or they put MMA or, you know, they put anything they could, but, uh, uh-huh. but pro wrestling and same with the UFC as I'm a, I am a pro wrestler. That is what I do. Brock is also a pro wrestler and, you know, and, and, you know, I'd argue that his, uh, his title reign does not really rank up there in terms of uh, uh, the, the same level of champions as uh, as other guys. But mm-hmm. he went out there and fought. He did beat people, and he has competed. He, you know, he's beaten Mark Hunt. He beat uh, Shane Carwin, uh, who was a freight train of a guy. I mean, Ooh, man, I saw no could get- I was in, I saw both those in person, uh, Josh. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, the thing with Shane Carwin was it was one round, ooh. and that was it. That's all he had going for him. And uh, yeah. but if God, God forbid, anybody get past that one round, he was just such a monster. Uh, but he, but Brock did, and sure enough, Shane had no more no more gas left in him. That was it, and you know he endured, and and that was a great moment to see uh, at the time. I was really impressed with Brock's uh, resilience there, um, and he beat Frank Mir uh, one time and beat Heath Herring. He's had some decent victories, and he's gone out there and he's fought these fights. So uh, I don't think he's anybody to overlook in terms of how he has uh, acclimated himself to fighting. But, uh, you know, being a pro wrestler shouldn't be a knock. And, again, that just harkens back to people thinking wrestling is is fake and hokey. And it's just like, uh, I don't want that image associated with what, with what it is I do. I know nothing I do about wrestling is fake. Got it. Yep. You're, I, I understand. I that was that was I was raised in that environment. You know, people were proud of their profession and what they did. And and I think more so than anything, you've never played the role of a pro wrestler. That's what you did. You wrestle for money. You got paid mm-hmm. for grappling. And I, mm-hmm. I, I I I love that. And I respect that. Hey, uh, you're on Twitter at Josh L Barnett. I, yep. I know. Same with Instagram. Same with Instagram. All right. So uh, folks, check out my partner. I was so uh, moved, quite frankly. We live in a world of individual individualism, and lots of times people, when when the when the water gets a little boiling, they they bolt. Not you. You were right there, and I uh, 
he helped me get up. The guys helped me get up. And I think I was more pissed off about losing my hat than anything else. I'm glad I got my hat back, for God's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> I've often said, I don't have, I don't have, if you don't have any talent, you better goddamn sure have some, uh, have a gimmick. So my hat's always been my gimmick. So I lost my talent, my gimmick, everything in one shot. So, uh, but anyway, hey, we, we had a good run there. And people say, well, is this going to adversely affect you guys? I haven't heard anything but but praise from New Japan and from Access TV and uh, their full support from both organizations. Looking forward to us doing more work. So uh, I'm, right on, I'm happy yeah, for we'll, that. We'll be there to do do our job and, uh, you know, not just go out there and try to make New Japan seem a, the best product that we can, but also try and uphold you know, professional wrestling in, in, a, in a better light to make it seem um, uh, to regain some of that, that legitimacy that, that maybe – some of the folks uh, of, of the recent eras have traded away. Uh, I never agreed to that, so I'm going to do my best. And of course, I've always got your back, Jr. It's, it's always been that way, and um, you know, I'm always incredibly proud to, to sit next to you and then to be able to, to learn from what it is that you do, as you're one of the best of all time. Well, I appreciate that, buddy. Listen, I look forward to seeing you in a few days back out in LA to catch back up on our work and uh, onward and upward. And uh, I'll be I'll be not as sore as I am today, but you know it's getting better. And just uh, ribs are a funny thing, man. You can't. You, you're. I mean, it affects everything. I, I, I can't even pass. I, I can't even pass gas that hurting. I can't grunt. I can't. I, I, I can't strain, man. So, guys, the first thing that I thought the ER, ER said, "Well, uh, Jr., you need to make sure you take a stool softener." He said, "Because I don't want you straining. You're not going to want to strain." So uh, it's just funny how all this one thing. Then they started talking pneumonia, and I'm thinking, "Holy God, I didn't, I didn't sign up for all this." So no, uh, we'll be good to go though, man. I'll be out there. Uh, we'll be out there in a, a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah. I look forward to seeing you there. And we'll we'll kick some ass. As always. All right, buddy. Thanks for being with me, Josh. I appreciate you taking your time and and for everything you do. And and I uh, I can't thank you enough. And I look forward to working with you for a long time to come, buddy. Likewise, yeah. Man, what a good show today. I had so much fun. I feel better. I drove up here from Norman, Oklahoma City, to the Cat. Uh, and that's where I'm recording our podcast most days. Uh, a family member of uh, the Mighty Westwood One, obviously. Cumulus Broadcasting. I uh, encourage you to leave us a five-star rating. We have Right now, we have 999 five-star ratings. We need Mo. Brother's got to eat. So uh, I want to thank Aaron Moss. He says, it's amazing that the voice of my childhood is so down to earth. Love the format. And I personally feel reminded to let my family know more than ever how much they mean to me. Good man. I'm glad something sticks here, Aaron. Thanks, Jim. Keep up the great work. Uh, and you keep loving your family. Swag's. 12 says not only does he still have it he never lost it there you go my cousin swags 12 probably get some barbecue sauce someday <laughs> never lost it well don't get too carried away here woo pay <laughs> woo pay uh that sounds like me uh uh finally getting my on my meds this damn red stuff woo pay Great hearing Jr. continue on and let us hear his opinions on the current state of wrestling and sports in general. His 
Awards every week are always a delight, and the interviews are great. I hope that he continues with the podcast for years to come, as do I, Woo-Pah, Woo-Pay. Uh, keep it up, JR. You're tougher than a $2 steak. Well, that's what they say on television, but remember, it's a work. <laughs> it's not, this is not a work. Uh, so thanks, guys. Uh, five-star ratings, always appreciate it. We need them, and we appreciate them. You can subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your audio. But remember, there's only one Slobberknocker Audio, and you're listening to it right now. Drops new one drops every Wednesday. Five-star reviews are essential. Uh, don't forget to also check out the new Westwood One Podcast app. Really a shortcut for you. It's a place that you can accumulate all the, all the podcasts that you listen to, or you might want to listen to, from our company. And that includes uh, Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson's 83 Weeks. Uh, talk is Jericho. Keep it 100 with my man Conan. And his friends call him Carlos. That's what I call him. I got a lot of time for Carlos. Uh, X-Pac12360, who said some nice things about my uh, Saturday night experience in the Cow Palace. The house that Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson built. Uh, the Raven Effect. And much more. So uh, remember, search Westwood One Podcasts. In the App Store or Google Play, it's free, and uh, you're going to dig it. You'll be happy that you, you got this because it makes everything so easy to access. You know, all these great podcasts from uh, Westwood One done in a heartbeat. Remember, uh, I'm on Twitter at JRSBBQ, J-R-S-B-B-Q. Uh, also on Facebook and Instagram at Jim Ross BBQ. Uh, thanks for going good there. Again, thanks my thanks to Josh Barnett for uh, uh being having my back and being a great partner and you just got folks to just some of you a lot of you more than not understand our team is different than a lot of pro wrestling teams by design we are told by the people that pay us i.e mark cuban the owner of the access tv they want a sports oriented story driven uh presentation so therefore one of the reasons that that josh and i don't know the ins and outs and the intricacies of every match creatively is because we want to give you that feel, the, the moment. Uh, uh, and we can't do that if we, if we preview the show and then it becomes fake in that respect. Can't do that. So, uh, But we're going to be different than everybody that's not a, t- t- a traditional wrestling uh, commentary duo. We don't have a heel color guy. We're not going to have a heel color guy. Now, sometimes Josh will say things that might – uh, raise the ire of some, and as as will I. But at least for being honest, and not trying to insult your intelligence, just tell good style of stories. With the one thing that we have to do, that's get talents over. And even after that calamity in the U.S. title match, I do believe that when those two kids got back to the locker room, that Jay White was a better heel, and Juice Robinson was a better babyface than when they entered. If that is true and we accomplish that, then we all win. And that's what it's all about. So uh, back with you here next week, again on Wednesday, a new show. Uh, the King and I remember our shows on the road. Zanies.com has all the information for that. I'll be in London the 27th, 28th, and 29th of July at the London Film and Comic Con. A lot of great things going on. Thank you for all the good well wishes. Uh, I'm tougher than a $2 steak, I'm told. Uh, I'll believe that uh, when the pain goes away. So uh, for everybody associated with us, producer Ted, Raphael, our cast of dozens, well, there's only two of us. 
two st- I, have a st- I have a staff of three people on the show. And it, it kind of shows, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, appreciate you joining us. Remember to try and do something nice for someone that is not expecting your, your gesture of kindness. Volunteer some time. Help people that really need a leg up or encouragement, a positive word, an attaboy, a girl. Uh, and the key thing is you can't do a damn thing about yesterday. Nothing. You have very little impact on tomorrow. But by God, you can do something about today. So live for today while preparing for tomorrow. And uh, bottom line, remember, uh, our tomorrows are never guaranteed, folks. Take from me on that one. So uh, from the uh, red hot 95 degree hotter than donut grease weather in Oklahoma, uh, good old J.R. Jim Ross saying, I'm going to head back to Norman. I'm getting that big old black Escalade, and I'm headed south, folks, and get back in the air conditioning and get myself feeling better. And I am making great strides on that. We'll be back with you next Wednesday. So for everybody at Westwood One, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying, so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network, Opie Radio. Why do I have to eat it your way? Let me tell you something. Opie's, Opie's playing dumb, but he's from Long Island. They've eaten clams before they had toothpaste out so there. Good. So I, good. I love clams. Right. Oh, so briny. Well, I need some cocktail sauce. No problem, Mr. Thurston Howell. Opie Radio. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free, free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.